0: brandon steiner and this is unplugged with brandon steiner hello thanks for joining the pod got a very special guest who really when you talk about online and just inspiration motivation and really just sometimes just a good kick in the ass needs no introduction gary Vanachuk, thank you so much for joining me this morning and uh been actually looking forward to this conversation
1: I uh, I uh, I've been looking forward to it as well, my friend. Thank you.
0: So I had to ask you why. I know you started with the wine, but why? Why? What gave you uh, the motivation to start doing what you're doing?
1: I mean, you know, and I think you know, we share DNA. Uh, sorry, let me. I know it's gonna be a little windy here. I'm getting into a car. I think you and I share DNA, right? The why, the why is uh, because there's no choice, right? At the end of the day. Let me just stop right here. I know it's a. Uh, all right, now I'm in the park. Okay. The so why is I have no choice. It, it, picked, it picked you, it picked me, it picked others. High energy, optimistic, ambitious, entrepreneurial, storyteller. You know, it's. At, Brandon, at if at five years old you're selling lemonade and selling flowers door to door, you don't really pick the why. The why picks you. And so what I think I did well and what allows me to be on this podcast and show up in other places is I never wavered, you know, right before we went on this, we talked for one second and we just started, but the one thing you said is awesome, which is the insanity is the sanity, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. That's just, just, it's just who I am. It's what I do. And, uh, and, uh, I just think that I, I got lucky and blessed with the right circumstances, being an immigrant from the former Soviet Union, growing up in Jersey with East Coast flavor, um, picking the wrong New York teams so that I'm always sad and hungry and have a chip on my shoulder. A lot of things have gone in my favor.
0: Do you ever have, have a bad day, and how do you get through that?
1: Of course I have. I have the, I, I, it's not that I have a bad day. It's that I have the things that lead to a bad day happen daily. And then immediately I remind myself that the alternative of not being alive or or the things that are actually going to cause my bad days in my life, which is the death of the people I love, um, is far worse than losing a business deal, losing a, a long term employee, losing this, losing that. Um, you know, we're, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're living life, you're losing on a daily basis. Uh, girlfriend breaking up with you. um, you know, having a deal go south, missing an opportunity. These things are happening daily. Like when I went to go buy, here's a story I've never told. When I went to go buy an obnoxious amount of Netflix stock three years ago, and the phone literally disconnected because of service as I was on hold with my broker. (laughs) And then I got called away uh, as I was redialing, got a text from my assistant at the time, with an emergency, went down that path. And then just never did it. And then, and then three weeks later, it spiked. And I said, crap, I missed my moment. And I still never did. Like, I don't think of that as bad. I think of that as funny, Brandon. <laughs> but I know, and, and listen, people are going to say, oh, easy for you to say because it's more money on top of money. But that's how I always was, right? Like, yeah. you, you know, like as, you know, when, when $1,000 seemed like the world to me, and I, I'll never forget this moment, and this is ties in a little bit to, like, you're an eye connection. I picked up a pack of 90 Leaf baseball cards at a card show in Bridgewater, New Jersey. I then do my normal Gary Showman shtick and say, no, this isn't the pack. I'll isn't that Frank
0: Thomas' rookie uh, year? 90 of, or no? Of course.
1: Of yeah. <laughs> course, 90 Frank Thomas Leaf is my all-time favorite card. You're, and, and of course, you've, you've now walked right into the story. I decide to be a showman and a stickster and say, no, I'm going to put this pack back. I'm going to pick up this pack. I picked it up. And you remember, 90 Leaf was like... The upper deck changed the price of a pack, but 90 leaf took it to the crazy land. Yep. And this was like an expensive pack for me. I got shit. And the dealer to his credit goes, you know what? I'm going to open up this pack. You know, we're bored in the Bridgewater mall and he gets a 90 leaf. He gets a Frank Thomas. I needed that 80 bucks. <laughs> I needed it. Yep. I wanted it. It meant the world to me. And guess what? I still thought it was funny back then. So DNA is DNA. Um, of course I have bad days. But they're fake bad days. I don't allow them to manifest. I break that. I break the pattern of what a bad day is going to be. And when my mom and my dad and my grandmother and my older contemporaries and friends pass on or get sick, my in-laws, those will be the bad days. That's I only allow bad days for the for the real bad stuff.
0: I've got to get. I've got to get into this with you. I love that answer, by the way. So thank you. The the you know. I kind of, I really put a lot of time into trying to understand the millennials. You seem to be very attracted to millennials and millennials attracted to you. Tell me what the key is to them and understanding them and how to get the best from them.
1: Uh, That's a freaking great question. So first of all, you're starting to, uh, I'm giving you a quick compliment. You're on your path to being great at this um, because that's a really insightful question that has not been asked of me. Good insight, millennials. Uh, you're right. I'm attracted to them and them to me for one reason. Because I know they're no different than you and I. And I'm not kidding, bro. Okay. Like, Gen X, Gen Y, yep. baby boomers. Bro, you know this and you know it well. How many lazy friends did you have when you were 19? A ton. The end.
0: So it's overrated, it's, overstated. It's, it's just something it's to talk correct. about. But it's not real.
1: It, it's such horse shit. And, and the only reason it's a thing is because now it's social media and all media and podcasts, and you're on a po- we're doing a podcast right now. D-Rock's filming me for my blog. It's just more noise in the system, so it seems like we're talking about it. But I promise you, you and I were hustlers, and I promise you that the old uncles and grandparents were making fun of us. Uh, my parents definitely wanted They were like, you think it's tough working every weekend and every summer day? Try having your bathroom being you know, uh, outside of your house and walking in Russia during the snow to take a shit in the middle of the night.
0: That is so true. I, see, I, I, the one thing I would say about the millennials is that they are incredibly efficient. They get from point A to B faster than I've seen anyone. You need to get something quick. You go to somebody around 22 years old, man, they know how to do it.
1: Grant, yep. Grant I'm going to say this. You're going to get this. You and I would have at 22 too if we had technology. They're more efficient because they have the fucking internet.
0: They do have a lot, and then you put three like, words like, in a Google like, remember, search, and Remember, remember
1: that's right, bam. Remember you and I, if you and I debated, like, how many home runs Ozzie Smith had in 1982, like, we had to go to, like, in a library i mean like 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 they just have like i don't want to overstate the millennials and i definitely don't want to understate them okay 90 percent of it is understating them they're just the same people are people there were winners in 1987 there were losers the same way there is in 2017 here's the difference you and i how old are you brandon i'm
0: 57
1: right so you're you're like a you're 16 years older than me not a full generation like here's the difference I feel like right I'm
0: 47, now. by the way. I just want to put that in there. By the in. way,
1: by the way, I want everybody to hear this. That's just Brandon being humble. He feels like he's 17.
0: I really feel right? as young as I've ever felt. I, I cannot Me believe too. how much more Me I have too. to learn and how much more and, I have to I do.
1: I don't know you very well. We're about to start to start that process. But I know, you, I know you from afar. And the reason I felt comfortable saying that you feel 17 is because I feel 17. Because that's what we do. And here's my punchline young you and young me, were growing up in this generation, the things that happened to us would have happened faster and bigger because that's what the internet is. Got it?
0: Yeah, I got it. But here's my problem though. What do you do with the older people that refuse to get on it and refuse to get it? Which are so many of my friends that just don't get it. Don't tweet. Don't go on Instagram. Won't go on Facebook. What do you say to them?
1: I say, are you happy? And if they say yes, then I say nothing. And if they say, if I say, are you happy? And that could be in life, that could be in business. If they say no, then I tell them they have no alternative. This is the market. You're out of choices. Either you play in this new world or you don't. But sitting on your fucking chair complaining about it is not going to get you anywhere.
0: Love that. That's true. If you're good, you're That's good. It, if you right? not get it but done, it,
1: right? That's hey, right. let me it's ask you something. Talk to, to me
0: about the Jets. Talk to me about your infatuation with this team and. Also, I'd just like to get your take on the NFL as an overall. It's had a lot of problems as a league. Yeah. If you were the commissioner, yeah. what would you do?
1: Look, uh, I basically became an American because of the Jets in 1982. I fell in love with the Jets because of Eric Godfrey in Edison, New Jersey. I went outside. Remember the old Nerf ball that was green and white? Of They're course. They're throwing it around. I'm not an American. I barely speak English. I, it's 1982, August. I, we just moved into Dogwood Meadows in Edison, New Jersey. Um, I go outside because that's what you did. You just literally, you know, for all the youngsters listening, you know this, Brandon. Wherever you grew up, you went outside and you played baseball, stickball, football. You just did it. You just went outside.
0: Constantly. Every day.
1: That's it. That's right. So I went outside. There were some kids throwing around footballs. I walked up. I don't remember the next details, but the punchline being, they told me I was a Jets fan. Uh, A month later, the season started. I was a Jets fan. As you probably know, as a sports fan, they went to the AFC championship game. Richard Todd threw three picks to A.J. Dewey. Oh,
0: God. Um, We, oh, we lost. Attention.
1: I cried, and I became infatuated. It became Americana for me. It became the thing I cared about the most. I probably only loved Don Mattingly and Patrick Ewing as much as the Jets. I definitely loved the Jets more than, than – I did. the Rangers were actually very big for me from 86 to 94 until they won – once my teams win, I'm out. So ninety four for the Rangers, ninety six for the Yanks. That was it. That was where the insanity. Ended. Why, why?
0: Why when they win, you're out? What? 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 What clicks off for you? And
1: I don't. I didn't realize that would happen. By the way, until it happened. In hindsight, I think I'm obsessed with the climb, with the journey. And once I hit it, I don't like it as much.
0: Love that. That's that's interesting. But that's a little bit of the way you are. That's your DNA. So you're you're still now you're a Georgetown fan. You're on the Ewing bandwagon till he wins. A championship. So
1: what a great insight. So literally last night, last night, I mean, he was named the coach a week ago or five days ago or whatever, but only last night at the Knicks game that I turned to my friend Jeff, who I took to the game. I said, holy shit, wait a minute. I can have a college basketball team now because I never had one. I, I, you know, we, we Growing up here, you had a little St. John's, uh, this 89-seat hall team I was completely infatuated with, but I have no interest in being a bandwagon fan, so either you're a fan or you're not with me. So I never claimed a team. I loved Rex Ryan as a guy. I didn't necessarily need him to be my coach. Yeah. I've been dying. I'm dying for him to become a college football coach. I think he's going to go TV. But if he would, I would jump on that. But Ewing has finally given me an opportunity to try I'm going to try to go Georgetown
0: next year. You know, Ewing's one of our guys, and I always sign all my checks in Orange, you know, with the Syracuse-Georgetown thing. I'm a Syracuse guy, so I just wrote him a congratulations note as he got the job because I was so happy for him. You know, he's been sitting he's the been bench, watching. and he's one of the he's great players. He's
1: been wanting it. I always send
0: all my notes, go Orange. And I always tell him, I say, Patrick, you know, I love you. You only made one mistake. You fucking played for Georgetown. <laughs> I forgive you. And then he goes off and starts telling me how he dominated Syracuse, which he did. And he killed Syracuse. and Oh, I get him crazy. For, but he, he's, such warrior, guys, he's such a warrior, though. He's People don't realize how good he really was and what he brought every night. That's what I love and about him.
1: I, I love you so much. I was in with my buddy Steve the other night. We had a major yearling discussion. Listen, I'm a big Knicks fan. The 91 to 94 Knicks, my high school years, I watched 82 games a year, only switching back to the Rangers when they played on the same night, all in, like did no homework didn't do after school stuff like worked on the like the weekend sometimes here and there like day games are tough because of the liquor store but like like that was my life i got these and Fs. you know <laughs> like I, I i there was never homework in my way i i watched them people don't understand and by the way i'm hedging this there's a lot of nick fans out there i love charles oakley and anthony mason and john starks as if they were my brothers but neutral basketball fans neutral don't understand how average those guys were as players, which then brings Ewing so down to a place where he does not belong. He is a much better all-time player than people realize because of his cast. Uh, And he's one of the five greatest college basketball players of all time, and that's not even a debate.
0: And the consistency. This guy never checked out. I mean, he played hard every night. Every night. Of his whole
1: life of his whole life, yeah. when he was still in, in Seattle and Orlando, of his whole life. He didn't have it towards the end, like every, every yeah. single player, and he still played his ass off.
0: I'm so, anyway. ha- I'm so happy for him, though. I mean, it's just nice. It's every true. now and then something really good happens in sports that's supposed to happen in sports. And on that note, I know you're a big sports fan. Just anything in sports that's bothering you that you'd like to change or what do we need to do more of and what do we need to do less of?
1: The number one thing that we have to do more of in a society that has to do with sports is realize that life is sports and there are winners and losers. And the modern parenting ethos of trying to protect children from negative things is hurting our winner DNA.
0: Parents don't want their kids to lose.
1: That's right, and I want my kids to lose the most. I can't wait for my kids to lose. I I played my kids in basketball the other day. We have a little basketball rim, right? You know, one of those kids. Think my kids are four and seven.
0: Beautiful. Uh, the
1: game was the game was to five. I let them go up four nothing, and then I beat them five four. And when I hit the game winner, a turnaround jumper, by the way, uh, <laughs> they exploded into tears. And when I tell you tears, I mean real life crocodile tears, not like whining, like full blood. They jumped on the couch in the living room and were crying like like snot out of nose. Girl seven, Misha, boy, Sander four, and <laughs> it was the best moment ever.
0: Gary, you know, you know, hanging with Derek Jeter in my early days when I had kids, he always said his father never let him win anything, nothing. I never let my kid win anything, ever. God help the me when board- I get older, but I let my kid win nothing. The greatest –
1: my brother is better at me in almost all things like that because I never let him win. I didn't let my brother AJ score on me for the first – my kids are actually getting to score. I'm just beating them at the end, which is maybe even more cruel because I'm faking them into it. Uh, But, yeah, man, your kids are going to win more in whatever they do, and Derek Jeter is an all-time winner because his dad never let him win. Guys, this is so binary tricking your kids into that everybody is for them and it's easy, and then sending them out to the world is a disservice. So the number one thing society can learn from sports is life is binary. It's winning and losing.
0: I love that. Anything you want to change? Are you a big baseball fan or now?
1: I'm a huge, huge fantasy baseball fan. I know every single baseball player in the world. I mean, I know every single player I know. And I, I, I drafted Aaron judge four years ago in my minor league, single like fantasy, I have a dynasty league. I know every single player. I love fantasy baseball. I watch baseball occasionally. I'm a, I'm a team guy more than a sport guy. So once the Yankees were done in 96, um, I've become less of a baseball fan the same way as hockey. Um, so that's my answer to your
0: question. There's nothing like that 94 range. My, my favorite uh, sporting event of all time, that 94 range, because the 54 years, all those nights, all those games waiting and knowing you've been cursed and it reverses, I can only imagine how the Cup fans felt this year. But there is something well, about that's
1: exactly right. There there's is something like that
0: feeling. I, I always say, deep you deep may deep not deep get what deep deep. you want when you want it, but persistence, right. you ultimately will. And the fun, that makes it even more valuable.
1: Well, to me, to me, the 94 Rangers were insane for a couple of reasons. One, I was at game seven. So that's just like forever, right? In my, in my heart and brain. Number two, unlike you, you had won your, your 16 year, So you'd won championships before, right? Like yep. as a kid, you won some of the 70s Yankees, right? Yep. So for me, it was triple compounded. I was a four-sport guy, and I was a senior in high school. So my entire childhood... I went without winning a single championship. So the 94 Rangers was my first ever championship, which was insanity. It was just an incredible feeling.
0: Was that a big part of your day-to-day, winning that championship?
1: So my dad had a liquor store, as some people know, and that I worked in, and he was doing all the beer buying for his co-op and the advertising. So all the beer companies were obsessed with having his relationship. So in 1994, between the Rangers and the Knicks, and I was a senior and I was driving. I went to 80% of the Nick and Ranger games during that entire run. Uh, you wow. know, game, you know, crushing the Islanders, losing game one at home, leech, you know, leech mm. off the post, Bure scores the other way. Like every moment, every guy, like the Pacers, game seven, Ewing. You lived that it. That monster. You so lived I was, it. Li- I, I, when I tell you I lived it, so of course that, of course going to the games and watching. Uh, but not only that, Brandon, back to the luxury of being a terrible student, like going into school the next day and reading the Post and the Daily News and the Star-Ledger for the first four classes I had because my teachers knew that I wasn't willing to waver from uh, from my obsessions in life. So you had a little listen, OCD going, though. 100%. <laughs> oh, listen, with all magic comes plenty of insanity. <laughs>
0: What's next, and what is the big thing right now that you're you're into? Is it? But your books are, I mean, I I will post the books. They're must reads. The Jab, I've given out so many of that book. But I mean, your books are. I mean, the problem with your books are there's way too much info for one book. Most of them are just (laughs) so chock full of. It's almost like you get a bag of chips. It's half full. Pisses me off. I get your book. I feel like that should be five books in one book. Wait, you see the
1: one? Wait, wait, you see the one I'm writing now? My first book, Crush It, put me on the map. I'm writing the follow-up to that book called Crushed It. I think I'm tweaking. I tweak this kit, but I think it's gonna be Crushed It. I just, I'm in it right now. I was writing it this morning. It's gonna kill because influencer marketing and personal brands and you doing a podcast is what I wrote about nine years ago. Now it's real, and I've got all like a lot of the history and a lot of the current answers. So I'm fired up about that. Uh, what's next is simple. I'm building this monster company called VaynerMedia, which is going to be my platform to buy businesses like Cracker Jacks, the Wiffle Back Company, Keds sneakers, uh, 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 Rogaine, you know, Axe body spray, whatever businesses I buy in my 50s. I'm going to build this platform in my late mid 30s, early 40s, and then I'm going to one day I'm going to buy the right thing. I'm going to buy. Uh, uh, let's just use pop, uh, Blow Pop. I'm going to buy the Blow Pop company. It's going to be doing 100000000 million. I'm going to do my thing. Whatever the 2023 version of social media is, it's going to work. And Blow Pops is going to become the biggest candy in the world. And then I'm going to sell it to the Coca Cola company or Procter Gamble or somebody else for $2 billion.
0: Count me and in on I'm the kids. Buy- Hold on. Count me in on the kids and count me in on the Blow Pop. I'll take a small investment in both those. Done. Love we'll, those We'll products, get to know each by other by and I'll let you in.
1: Love the Love kids. It.
0: Love the kids. That's right. So I'm going to
1: flip it. You're going to be happy with me because you're, you're 100K or you're 500. I'm not, I'm not speaking for you. That will 20, 50, 100X. And then I'm gonna buy the fucking Jets, and then I'm gonna win seven Super Bowls, and then I'm gonna die.
0: <laughs> now, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Is it just following you? Or is it following it's you? Twitter.
1: It's Twitter. Gary V-E-E. That's the one place where I really interact. Instagram too. Gary V-E-E. And then Facebook slash Gary. That's uh, it's social media, right? That's how you can get to people. You know right. that?
0: Yeah. That's I how people
1: it. get. Hey, everybody listening. So you you're don't you're having money. You're yeah, having fun yeah, my, with your oh, life,
0: dude. You're having a lot of fun. I mean, I, I just cannot believe some of your videos that are must-watches, but I just have not seen somebody have that much fun. Is that really your DNA? I mean, have, because as much as you're teaching people, it seems like you're having a ball doing it.
1: Yeah, man, it feels good, man. Like, like, listen, Brandon, I've grown up in the New York area my whole life. Like, I've watched everything you've done. Can you imagine being in a place where you decided that you're just going to do, you're going to put your head down, you're going to do and that you're actually good enough that you're so – and that you're a good enough marketer, storyteller, and doer that what's going to happen in the course of your life is it's going to come to you instead of you chasing it. Like this it's interview easy. and yeah. you, and your knowledge of me is the, is, the, is the kind of byproduct of my strategy, which is there have been a hundred times through the last 10, 15 years that I would have wanted to reach out to you. I grew up in the memorabilia sports card world. You were the guy that won it. Right. Like, like, I'm, you know, like you did it better than anybody did it before you like there would have, you know, when I was there would have been 50 times that I could have run into you at a restaurant and come over and been like, hey, Mr. Steiner, like, or hey, brand, like, just like, keep up the good work. I decided instead of ever doing that with anybody, with you, with Vince McMahon, with David Stern, with like anybody, with, with anybody, with Patrick Ewing, with Messier, with fucking Namath with anybody, instead of ever doing that, that I was gonna go out and become the all-time greatest marketer, entrepreneur, and that then everybody would do that to me. That's what I decided.
0: I how, love it, good for how, you. How,
1: can, how can't that be fun, right?
0: Good for you, I love it. And everything you have touched, there's been a full commitment, you've done incredibly well, which has been a and joy what you watching know, you. Brandon,
1: And what you know, Brandon, and you've been watching business men and women your whole life. And then I got lucky enough that I had DNA that I didn't just want it for myself, right? I'm getting mine. But then on top of all that, I wanted to storytell and give people real value for three or 12 bucks on a book where it could happen for them too. So not only did I badly want it for myself, but now I'm leaving legacy and I'm impacting others. Now you're just winning on every front, right?
0: That's true. I love it. That's, that's a great way to pay it forward and share the knowledge and, especially when you're sharing stuff that a lot of people really don't know. You've been uncovering that's a right. bunch of things. I remember the first time you said, I think it was like, you know, Twitter's the new C, you know, CB, CB radio. I mean, yep. I was like, I remember, I remember there was a quote from you like 10 years ago. I was like, that's unbelievable. You know, I mean, <laughs> but you know, and, and also content is king. Like people throw that around. Like you were throwing that around at like, cash is king. Yep, yep, that's bullshit. Yep. Content yep. is king. But well, you were saying that seven, eight years ago when, you know, before yeah. videos and audio was hot, you like, content, content. And I, I, I listened to that oh, shit. I was listening. I go, I don't really know better I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with this advice.
1: <laughs> Brandon, and you've done it, man. Like, you get it. And, like, we grew up that way, right? Like, yep. w- wide world of sports. Uh, 24-7 in boxing. Like, the, the way the Olympics, like, the pregame show this is all the stuff I learned. Like, Vince McMahon did better than anybody. Before the, Mr. Perfect or Razor Ramon or these villains or, would come to the ring, he would give them vignettes for months on Saturday morning. And by the time, you know, by the time Mr. Perfect entered the ring, I already thought he was Mr. Perfect.
0: Gary. I could talk to you for hours. I got to tell you, I'm hoping this won't be the last conversation we have. It won't, I, man. I think we probably need to go to a ball game so, at some point. That's 100%. I, I'm going to need a couple a hours joke. with you.
1: E- e- honestly, honestly, email me right now. Get me at at media. We'll get that set up. I'd like to do it in the next 6
0: weeks. Yeah, we got to do we got to do. I I'm going to need a few hours with you, but it's it's really a joy talking with you. Don't change. Thank you, I'm going to leave you with Never. this. Don't fucking change.
1: Brandon, let me tell you something. I'm going to leave you with something. Fame and wealth don't change people. It exposes
0: them. Love it. We'll leave on that note. That's Gary Vaynerchuk. You can't go wrong with his books. Thanks, Gary.
1: Thanks, friend. Take care. Take care.